Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Art of Customer Service. My name is Eric van Muller. I'm your host on this show, a former canoeing world champion, father of three, and founder of Soulmate, a leading platform for automating customer service. As you know, on The Art of Customer Service, I talk to experts about what matters, what makes good customer service, which tools and practices are relevant, which new technologies are available in the customer service area, and many other exciting topics about a great service experience. Today's episode on the art of customer service is about the future of customer service, agent-centered, data-driven, and automated. With me today, we're having two other people, and I got two other CEOs. The one is Benoit Gagnon, the CEO of Miuros, as well as Max Foselius, the CEO of Dixa. They will introduce themselves in a minute. And for full transparency, I wanted to say that Dixa has acquired both Solvemate, which I'm representing as a CEO, as well as Miuros about two months ago. So effectively, we are colleagues. But nevertheless, this chat between three CEOs on the future of customer service will be a fruitful discussion because we all have some very interesting thoughts on the future of customer service. And that's the topic for today, the future of customer service agent-centered, data-driven, and automated. Stay tuned. Welcome, Benoit and Mats. Let's start directly with a quick introduction of yourself. Benoit, maybe you start. Who are you? What do you do in 30 seconds? Hi, I'm Benoit, Benoit Gagnon, former and CEO of Muros, one of the co-founders as well. I come from the customer service world. I was managing customer service teams for many years. I did that in B2B, B2C, for small companies and large organizations. And uh, actually, the idea of Muros was born from the frustration that I have developed in those roles. Why? Because I'm, I'm someone very data-driven. I'm a techie initially. Whenever I wanted to make decisions, I did not have the time, the skills, or the resources to make the right decision at the right time. And I believe that the customer service data is a goldmine of information that is certainly underused, but I, I'll develop that a little bit later. Thank you, Benoit. Thank you, Eric. Great to be here. I'm Mas Vosselius, co-founder and CEO of Dixa. I uh, go all the way back to customer service since I was 19, actually. So I started as a customer service agent, became team lead, and then built my, my first company. Dixa is our fourth, my fourth company within the customer service industry. So I've seen a lot of things, and I hope we can touch upon some good stories today. I am also father of three, and I'm a passionate person around building companies and software that empower customers and businesses to build stronger bonds, much like the connection between friends. I believe that the future of customer service is built by a strong bond between companies and their customers. I also want to create a world where every customer and customer service employee, every agent feels appreciated. So I am very much coming from the agent experience side, linking that to customer experience. So I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about that today. You both are so great. I'm so glad to work with you. So you already answered in the intro section my first question, which was about why are you so passionate about customer service? And we are having experts in that area that really know what they're talking about. So let's directly move on. Uh, Mats, the first question to you. Dixa has acquired um, Solvemate and Miuros. And that's not only a bold move to acquire and announce two companies at the same time, exactly the same day, but there is also a strategic background to that. So what's your thought? And why does that make sense? And how is that maybe also even connected to the future of customer service? So setting the leeway for this discussion. The acquisition of Mirrors and Soulmate is a very big thing for the entire Dixa family. It's a very big strategic move, not only for Dixa, but also for the industry, which we will show in, in near future together, the three of us and, and all the great Dixitarians. So it actually goes back one and a half years where we looked into the future. We looked very much from the agent experience side, linking that to the customer experience side. Talk about a multi-experience world, so to speak. In order to get to a point where it is agent-centric, where it's empowered agents making smart decisions, being super agents, 
moments. It's a thing I've tried to do two decades. Now I think we're finally here. You need very, very smart technology, very, very smart people and great companies. We built an amazing platform in Dixa in about five years. We've conquered large part of the markets for our ideal customer profiles. However, we also one and a half years, two years ago realized that in order to make a fully automated, insightful, a customer automation and intelligence platform, we had to make a big move into that space. We've looked at a lot of companies. We've had the luxury and pleasure having many partners in our ecosystem, both on the Q&A and insights, so the customer intelligence side of things, but also on the automation side chatbots, etc. What we wanted to achieve, and we are now a huge step towards that vision and mission, is what we call the effortless trinity. And the effortless trinity is very much an agent-centric, data-powered reality around customer service and customer experience. The goal is to make customer service and customer experience as effortless as humanly and datally possible, so to speak, if that's a word. And the only way to do that is to have a very strong core platform where you're equally strong across all channels and touch points and also embracing knowledge. So you can actually empower the agent to make the right decisions at the right time in real time and very intelligently. Hence, the acquisition we've made a year ago of Elevio, Melbourne-based Elevio, the knowledge, AI knowledge base. And finally, in order to leverage all that great data from the existing systems that a brand is using and also, of course, from Elevio, Video and Dixa, both the insight part of it and the intelligence part of it, plus the automation intelligence had to come into play very quickly for us to reach a effortless trinity where Elevio mirrors and SolveMate surrounds, so to speak, it integrates deeply into the Dixa platform. It's a very big strategy. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit more about today. What does that mean for an agent? What does, does that mean for a company or brand? But the strategy is a big move for us and for the industry towards this trinity, so to speak. I recall effortless and agent-centered. It's like probably two very big important words which we should touch upon later. You talked a lot about AI and as far as I know, I mean, I know SolveMate uses and leverages machine learning and AI. I know Olivio, the knowledge base, is a dynamic one which leverages machine learning. And then Mios, I know with its insights and its recommendation engine for agents also uses that. So maybe that handing over to Benoit. What is Mios doing? Why is what you do so important and how do you leverage data to create something effortless and agent-centered? Yeah, so the idea, the original idea of Miros was to leverage on the customer service data to help everyone in the customer service team delivering better customer experiences. And we figured out that we could help pretty much everyone, not only the agents, but also the management team or the support ops teams. And we all started with helping agents saving time when they are handling tickets. When the conversation starts by email, then with Miros would analyze the content of the email and automatically categorize it in order to help the system, Dixa, routing the conversation to the most appropriate agent faster. And at the same time, ensuring a better reporting on the reasons why customers are contacting customer support. As soon as the conversation is assigned to an agent, News will dig the knowledge base and the internal predefined answers in order to identify those that seem to be the most appropriate in order to reply to the customer. The overall idea of all this, supported by AI, machine learning, natural language processing techniques, is to really save time to the agents so that they can focus on what matters the most, the conversation with the customer. And then over time, customers ask for more insights upon their data. So we started using artificial intelligence to understand how the agents are using those predefined answers, the templates. 
Are they using them as such? Are they adding a personal touch to the replies prior to send it to the customer? So that's how we triggered Mural's Insights, an analytical platform that really empowers all the deciders in the customer service team to drive performance in customer service. And then we opened it up to the agents themselves in order to help them self-assess their own performance, in order to help them positioning themselves, benchmarking themselves with their peers in the team. The idea is really to empower them so that they can make autonomous decisions faster on the areas where they can improve. And then we learned that artificial intelligence is sometimes more artificial than intelligent because it strongly depends on the input data. If you get garbage in, you get garbage out. So in order to have something that is working well, you need high quality data. And that's why we then released another module, which we call Mural's Review, which is a quality assurance solution that helps not only to conduct what we call feedback loops, you have a form that you're going to use to assess the quality of the work that an agent delivered when interacting with a specific customer. That's the feedback loop. But we also empower customer service teams to identify where they can improve their processes, where they can improve their trainings by reviewing specific types of tickets that have certain characteristics that were identified thanks to the analytical solution. I've heard a lot the word empowering agents, also QA and feedback loop, of course, by leveraging good data. If I would compare Miuros, which is basically empowering the agents and making sure the agent is more effective, SolveMate, which is, um, as a second thing, is basically supporting the agent in a way that the repetitive requests are automated so that the agents can focus on the high-value tasks, which they are then assisted from, like an agent assist like Miuros. And if we look on the automation space from the bird's eye perspective, of course, you can and should automate as much as you said. In former episodes, I talked about the value irritant metrics where for some conversations an agent is needed and then he should become a super agent. As I've understood Miuros, that is giving superpowers to agents and superpowers to supervisors to support agents becoming even better. With regards to Dixa, I'm um, handing that back to you. I think Dixa is having a completely different approach, which is very future-oriented. I think you said there was a ticketing age and now we're in a conversational age. What do you mean by that? Yeah, very great question, Eric, and, and very true. Actually, we came, when I was a 19-year-old call center agent, we came from the contact center, a call you center agent. You were a call center age. agent, Mats? I didn't yes. know that. No, no, 19 years old. That was uh, when I embarked on this amazing journey in, in this space. So seen a lot of uh, great stuff and also a lot of had a lot of horrible experiences with, with technology and software. Hence my, Indeed, my, I still have that today. <laughs> <laughs> hence my, my passion and frustration in, in, in a good balance. So that was a big goal and dream with, with Dixa. After seeing all this siloed, disconnected software from the call center side, from the ticketing, and also from live chat and messaging, we figured out that many of the brands we spoke to, we met each other in the former company, many of the co-founders here at Dixa, we realized that especially consumer brands, they were getting flooded with conversations across many different channels, first of all. And also they had very little clue or no clue about their customers. They could not leverage the data, especially not across the channel. So phone, email, live chat, and messaging actually back in 2016, 17, really really came into play for the consumer brands. So from that perspective, consumers grow a conversational approach known from friendships or known from social media into the brand consumer communications. So all of a sudden, there was kind of a desperate need, many burning platforms or burning pieces of software out there that were living in complete silos, working from an old school 
calls into curing philosophy or a ticketing perspective, ticketing coming from IT support systems, actually coming from tech support. Who does not know the IT ticket that you're opening and you get an automatic response saying you got ticket number 200,031? Exactly. Actually, it's called still and then back then trouble tickets. <laughs> so it assumes you want to deflect. You don't want to talk about it. It's a number. Conversations being a very natural element in a phone conversation. It's very difficult talking about numbers there back and forth and also in messaging. We had an idea. It was much difficult than we anticipated, by the way, but we had an idea to build a channel agnostic core. So regardless of channel, whether it was three back then when we built the first version of the platform and 20 or 30 or 50 in the future, that's coming new channels every six months almost, then we would be able to be equally strong across the channels and make everything into a data-driven conversation. Whether that was a self-service knowledge base, it was through a chatbot routed to a human being or between all these touch points, everything should be as personalized and as natural conversation as possible. So the opposite of ticketing. With that platform foundation, we believed that we could build a disruptive way of deriving customer service and then, of course, adding a lot of intelligence into the platform, just as we did here with these amazing acquisitions, but also from a partnering perspective, naturally still, and from investing into building a lot into the platform. We can now ripe the benefit of having that huge investment in the early days, even though it was quite tricky to get routing and algorithm and automation to work across all these different channels like phone and Facebook Messenger, for instance. I think it was a great move because at that time, I remember when I was managing customer service organizations, it was always a pain to integrate a new channel. Chat was trendy, then we had to look for specific partners. Oh, could they integrate with our ticketing system? Oh, no, they don't. And then how do we merge the data to get proper reporting? Oh, then we have to include phone channel and get the phone data. It's a nightmare. Once you have everything in the same platform, it's just great. Just the word of ticketing, I think especially with the rise of like phones and messaging, do you want to message a business the way you want to message a friend? Effectively, I don't care whether I'm messaging a friend via email or I'm calling them or I'm WhatsApping them, but it should be part of a conversation and it should be, at least in my eyes, part of a conversation between the company and the client, irrespective of the channel. So out of that, um, Mats, I think you've developed a word called customer friendship. Why is customer friendship structurally different from customer service? Customer friendship starts actually from the technology side. When we started, we were sitting four founders around the kitchen table here in Copenhagen many, many years ago, some years ago at least. So there was the channel side that as friends, you can connect with each other on any channel and you pretty much recognize each other with, with a picture or name or phone number. We wanted to give the brands the same ability at scale to create digital friendships, customer friendships. So that's the technology or the channel touchpoint side of that equation. It's actually product today on our platform, but it's also a philosophy we believe in. The next side of it, which is, you know, of course, an evolution and we, with Miros and Soulmate joining the family, but also Livio, we are one big step closer to realizing customer friendship as a way of viewing the future of customer service. So customer friendship is basically the nirvana of agent experience and customer experience. It is the highest form of customer loyalty and retention, advocacy, and health you can reach. So if you look at it from a pyramid, you have in the bottom, the very, very low-key, necessary, bare minimum customer support. With a customer relationship, you can actually grow it into advocacy, into loyalty. And eventually, we will see, of course, backed by data and metrics, a brand reaching customer friendship level with hopefully a large number of their customer base. And we are moving very quickly towards it. Hope end of this year that we can show some, some big things uh, coming out of that together. 
very interesting uh, point of view when it comes to basic needs, customer relationship, and then turning it to friendship. I just remember, I think, the January episode of this year where I talked with Katie Stable about future trends um, for this year. And she said, bringing them all SMB, like the small business mentality into customer service, which is about, you know, the owner, you are at least friends with the bakery you go to. And this kind of feeling, putting that at scale with technology companies, that's what you should achieve and not call your telco. I'm always making telco examples because I'm having some really bad experiences in that. I just feel like a number out of millions and they typically never works. Long story short, customer friendship feels like something bigger than a customer relationship. Maybe taking a step back, customer agents are very often the unsung heroes of their organizations. But at the same time, everyone is talking about the importance of customer service. Why do you think agents in your history are not getting what they deserve kind of to be the fighters for that relationships and for that friendship? Well, I think that historically, customer service organizations were perceived as a cost center because organizations do not realize that they have a huge impact on the customer acquisition, but as well as on the customer retention. I think that customer service for a long time did lack a lot of recognition, especially when it comes to creating better customer experiences. It's always easier to sell to an existing customer rather than acquiring a new one. And customer service agents play a huge role in the acquisition, but mostly on the retention as well. They are the facade of the organization. They are the only human contact point that many consumers may have with a brand. So they really have a big impact on the, on the customer experience. Why are they lacking recognition? Companies focus too much cutting costs versus investing a bit more into, into quality because quality can scale and really help developing the business. Mentalities are changing. People start realizing that quality... I hope so. I mean, look, I'm, I'm hearing that in every single podcast episode that customer service should be at the heart of a company's strategy and that it's not about customer retention it's effectively a profit center in the long run if you would calculate the right way so i hope that things are changing they definitely are and i think that any digital born company has this mindset uh, in comparison to older com companies that were born a couple of decades ago already. Making the switch is difficult because it's really a cultural change. Embracing customer service and making customer service reps happy is good for the business. And that's something that every company should have. Yeah, I very much agree. And I think we also can see it in real life examples that use Dixa and Mirrors and, and SaltMade and Elevio today. I have a couple of examples which I think support very much Benoit's story around this transformation, hopefully soon for, for more of the established brands, but also the digital native brands, startups, the scale up of this world that has been born with CX and also aging experience at the heart of the company. One example is uh, Too Good To Go, which is the world's largest B2C. Is Too Good To Go a customer of Dixa? It's a customer of Dixa today. Awesome. Yes, I, yes. I use them every yeah. day or like not every day, but they are great with what they do. They are great. They're a very purpose-driven company. They have a huge mission around basically selling surplus food from restaurants and supermarkets across the world. They are in 17 countries, 50 million people that they are serving through their marketplace and app today and 100,000 partners, which is restaurants and supermarkets are engaged. In this example, we are talking about waste warriors and many of the waste warriors are working in customer-faced teams. So several hundred out of their about 1,500 employees today. So close to 500 people are working in customer-facing in teams. It's not only the most, probably the most important part of the organization, it's also the largest. And they are seeing Waste Warriors as a brand and profit center. We also have other examples like Goodie Box, which is the European cosmetic subscription company. They have the customer happiness team, also the largest team in their organization. Dog food subscription company in the UK, Butternut Box has the customer love team. And they even know the names of the dogs when you contact them on many different channels. 
channels. So we really see it also in their culture and the naming and the view at the heart of the sensor, which is great to see. But it's coming. I think it's very, very important for all companies and brands to embrace this evolution and this change. Otherwise, it will be difficult to stay competitive and build your brand. If I would ask you for like your three bullet points on what do you think is the most radical change in the industry that happens in the next five years that you need to effectively start working today upon so that you're not getting lost because the competitors will do so today. As we hear companies calling their customer service team the customer happiness team or customer love team or customer friendship, under that overarching pillar of making it more customer-centric, agent-centric, if you could paint a picture for 2026, how would that look like? If we look quite holistically from a brand perspective or company perspective, I think we will very, very soon see what we can call a customer value growth movement. There will be a huge shifting focus on the customer service operations, the customer service organization on the employee side, the agent experience side, as well, of course, as the customer experience side. Those two will be balanced and there will be huge investment into that because you will see that the new truth lies in the many conversations and the many experiences that customers has with brands, either through great automation, personalized automation, or the human touch. This will be one of the most important windows for the engagements between a brand and their customers. Instead of talking about customer acquisition, cost reductions, these things, I think you will see, especially already now, we are in a different world than in 21, right? Many things are happening in the world, not all good things. You will see that we come out of COVID. So there's a change where many, many brands has to heavily invest into their existing customer base, the health of their base. It is, as everybody knows, much better for the business, much more sustainable to keep a customer than lose it and try to acquire a new one. There will be a huge focus on customer retention and customer value and derive the insights out, understanding your customer fully. You can talk about customer friendships again. That is what we will see a lot of investment going into. And you need automation, you need intelligence, insights to understand what's going on. Of course, no brand can just hire hundreds or thousands of customer service agents to buy into that. It has to be a very intelligent move. Great. I always love seeing new words that I can then later quote on when someone really smart told me something that I just learned. It's customer value growth movement. Thank you. Benoit, what do you think? How will the world change in the next five years? I totally agree with Mads. And I think that this uh, trend will be supported by technology. AI will make drastic improvements over the upcoming years. Thanks to AI, we will be able to understand conversations at scale. When you're handling thousands or hundreds of thousands of conversations every day, every week, or every month, it's very difficult to get the essence of it, to understand what customers are reporting. And AI will really help improving this in order to be proactive, anticipate the future problems that customers will face, in order to improve the products, improve the communication of brands, which are most of the time responsible for our conversation with customer service. You don't contact customer service organizations if you don't have problems with the product you just purchased or subscribed to. Uh, nevertheless, Despite all those improvements, I believe humans will remain at the core of customer service. AI may one day in, in a few decades be able to understand and create emotions, but we are far away from this. And until then, people will want to be recognized, to be fully understood. And there is nothing better than a human when it comes to complex problems. Easy problems will be solved through chatbots, self-service portals, and things like that. But more complicated problems will always require humans. What is your thinking with regards to channels. So a lot of people are talking about messaging and chat. Looking at the data, I know that live chat is still very small and messaging is still very small compared to the typical phone and email channels. So what's your prediction for the next five years to happen? I believe that emails will slowly die. 
because emails is one of the slowest channels. It's an asynchronous conversation. Usually you get a reply a few hours later. Phone is instant, but it's time consuming. And you may not always, as a consumer, you may not always be available to have a phone conversation when you are facing a problem. I believe phone will persist, but messaging will develop even more. Ideally, the channels will even merge. You may start through messaging and then it becomes complex. You need to give long explanations. You switch to the phone and then switch back to messaging and maybe you will close it uh, with an email when you need to process something in the background, for example, uh, issuing a refund and then confirm to the customer that the, the refund is uh, issued. Yeah, I very much agree, Benoit. I think email is slow. It still serves a lot of purpose, especially in B2B for sure. Probably stay much longer. We, we still have facts. The channels are quite sticky, but I think you're very much right. We see it as a multi-experience world that we are entering. Not talking about multiverse or anything here. It's agnostic to channels, but not only channels, also touch points and other types of experiences. So here we're talking very much about in-app or in a proprietary system. Could be a smart TV or could be a gaming platform, could be a development platform. We will see that the channel will diminish a little bit. It will be the experience that is in center. And you're perfectly right. Now you will have a fluid experience between different channels, but even in the physical store, you'll be able to have an experience that travels through different channels and can be revoked, reignited, whatever is needed from either an automation process, from agent or from consumer. In a multi-experience world, the CX, the customer experience, and the agent experience are equally important. Those are the two major stakeholders in getting that experience to be great. In Dixon, and the Dixon family, we are building towards a world where brands can create that experience and not start with a channel or the queue or the ticket, <laughs> but start with a conversational approach that goes across different experiences. That's a whole topic around itself, but it is a big technology move in the CX uh, customer service world. What about you, Eric? What do you read in your crystal ball? I think something that I like most is time is the new gold. That is something that I try to preach to everyone. We live in a world of abundancy. Typically, we talk about first and second world problems here, but because customer service is something where the only thing that you don't have, of course, is money because everyone wants to have more money. But in the real world, the only thing that you don't have is time. And what I really do not appreciate is when companies waste my time. Being solution-oriented to solve as fast as possible for the end consumer to be precious of their time, because that's the only thing which annoys me, sending three emails, waiting, making a follow-up. That is my personal projection for the future. I think we could go on for another hour. So let me quickly summarize our discussion for today. We talked about being effortless and being agent-centered as one of the core themes uh, for the future. Superpowers need to empower agents to help in real time, but also to give people or support leaders these superpowers to give insights into their team. We need self-service automation and humans take over the empathetic part of customer service because that's what Benoit said. Humans will always remain at the core of customer service. And I 100% support that. Ticketing is the past, conversations are the future, and that's what Max called a customer value growth movement, meaning you can just engage brands and customers irrespective of the channel, irrespective of the touch point, whether it's in-store, in-app, on the phone. Basically, everything being fluent, but between customers and companies, creating some kind of friendship, some kind of relationship between customers is it more than just a cost center, but more a value experience. And that's something that drives the future. So I hope that 
all customer service leaders would already today know this. I know the customer service space is a very tough one. It's about conversations. It's a very hard business, but I think you need great technology to be able to be capable of catering for that. Having said that, I want to thank Mats Vosilius, the CEO of Dixa, and Benoit Gagnon, the CEO of Miros, for joining me today on that podcast, a very special episode. And thanks for the listeners. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Danke fürs Zuhören beim Digital Kompakt Podcast. Du merkst, hier ziehst du massig Wissen für dich und dein Unternehmen heraus. Wenn du mit uns noch erfolgreicher werden möchtest, abonniere uns auf den gängigen Podcast-Plattformen. Und hey, je größer wir werden, desto mehr Menschen können wir helfen. Also erzähl doch auch deinen Kolleginnen und Kollegen von uns. Bis zum nächsten Mal.